Bolcha. Welcome to Connected Communication, a podcast exploring the intriguing interplay between language, culture and the brain, sharing speaking secrets along the way. I'm your host, Christine. I'm really sick of rules. I'm having a bit of a fuck it week. Have you ever had one of those weeks where you're just like, fuck it all? Well, that's one, that's, that's this week for me. And I've been feeling really, oh, a lot of different feelings because of everything that's been happening in Ireland and I'm not there and I, I'm kind of looking at it from the outside in. I've been hemming and hawing about whether or not I should talk about it. I did post on my Instagram story to let people know that I was thinking of them. And of course, I've called home and checked that everybody's okay. But I also saw a lot, or I also saw a lot of stuff blaming the thugs and blaming far right and all this blame being placed all over the place from different people. And particularly, I saw a, a poem read by a very famous person telling people that they shouldn't be wearing the Irish flag on their backs and they don't get to be Irish and be racist and all this stuff and. And I thought, you know, fuck this. Throwing this blame around the place doesn't work. It's not helping anybody. And then I was trying to think about the podcast and doing my podcast episode and looking at the way the podcast has gone over the last year and where I wanted to go and where I originally thought it would go and all this kind of stuff. And I hit a roadblock or uh, a bit of a wall. When I was young, one of the only things I ever wanted to do and I never told anybody was be a radio DJ. (laughs) And throughout my life, I met different people and they used to say, oh my God, you'd be brilliant on the radio. Your voice is fabulous for radio. And then this opportunity comes up to have your own like radio station, essentially with a podcast. And I thought, fuck yeah. And I went for it. But, you know, I went for it and at the beginning and and since the beginning, I've been trying to do it in a way that, you know, I can I figure out how to entertain people with it or not entertain people with it necessarily, but keep them interested and teach something and show people what I'm able to do. And as I reflect on the last few weeks and a couple of realizations that I've had now that I've decided to settle in Spain and build a life here. Hopefully the last time I'll be building a new life in a new country or a new city. It's my fifth country, third continent. I think it's my 30th move, 28th or 29th at least anyway. I'm pretty done with moving (laughs) and I'm very happy where I am. So as I reflect on the last few weeks and realizing I found my home and other possibilities, even possibilities that I had years ago in my mind that I'd put to rest because I would I didn't think I would do them that I would never have done them in Ireland now have come back as being possible again and I mean I've drawn my house and and, and exactly how I want it to be and and I have this massive dream to have a a therapy center oh I said it out loud on the podcast am I going to release that okay I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going with a fuck it all this week yeah, I have a dream. 
Uh, just like Martin Luther King said, he had a dream, except it's a different dream. Although it does involve freedom for people who, who don't otherwise get freedom in this bloody society. Society, I hold my fingers up, in this world that has been created and is held by the wealthy. It does involve creating freedom. I've drawn what I want. My, I've only ever wanted a house in the countryside. That's all I ever wanted my whole life. And it's never changed since I was a child. The exact same picture of, of the house that I want is in my mind. But now it also has accommodation on it. And it has a bit of land around it. And it has an office and a therapy centre and a coaching centre. And I want to bring people from disadvantaged communities all around the world to my centre to give them an opportunity to learn, to be coached, to get therapy if they need it and to live an experience that they otherwise would never have had. And now that I'm here in the south of Spain, realising everything that's around me and all of the possibilities and opportunities that there are, I see the possibility of making this happen. It's massive. I definitely do not have any form of finance that can fund it right now. But I have the heart and I have the goal and I have the willingness and I have the drive and the ambition. So I've realized this possibility again has, has come as, as something that I can do. And I've had a tough number of months. Despite what it may seem on social media, one of the women that I interviewed this year for my podcast, fabulous lady, posted recently on her Instagram a, fa a brilliant reel just showing that you don't see everything that you think you see in a person's life when you see their social media. And it's true. I might post pictures of the fact that I'm in Spain and there's sun here as compared to there being snow in other places where people are feeling cold and, and maybe a little bit down. And that looks all wonderful and lovely. There's no difference in life and the way that life goes. It can be tough and can be challenging. And when you're building a, a new life in a new place, you're putting all these rules and restrictions on yourself because you're also trying to build a business at the same time. It's lonely. And you have to really push yourself to, to go out and meet people, to stay connected with people. There have been weeks there where I wasn't focused on, do, on doing that. And I realised, God, I haven't seen anybody or spoken to anybody other than my clients and, and on social media in 10 days. And that's not healthy. You have to call people and, and have a chat and a conversation. So I felt this block on the podcast episode. What am I going to talk about this week? Yeah, I really want to do that myth and continue the storytelling because I've really focused on wanting to have themes and wanting it to be interesting for people and to be focused and be educational and all this kind of crack. And what I've realised this week is that people are struggling just like me. I've spoken to at least three people in the last two days who are struggling from a, a life perspective, a career perspective, a financial perspective. They're trying their absolute hardest to do everything they can to rebalance their lives and recenter and recalibrate themselves. And for whatever reason, it's not working for them. 
I'm not going to talk about what's working or not for them because I can't. I can't know what's right or not for them. I can only talk about myself. But some things weren't working for me. It was hard. Building my business was hard. Converting and convincing people to work with me was hard. Despite the fact that I got incredible feedback and get people contacting me regularly telling me how much they love my content, the conversion is difficult into a sale. And as a communication coach, that can be a very challenging thing to realise because there's something about what you're communicating that's making it difficult to come across in the sale. But that's not necessarily completely true. Sometimes, when things are hard, when you're rowing up shit creek without a paddle, as Eminem might say, it's because you're in shit creek. <laughs> and, it, and nobody would get into shit creek in, in, in uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Intentionally. And so those of you who listen to me have never listened to Eminem might be thinking, what the fuck is she talking about? Think about a, a creek, like a small uh, river that's very shallow and is full of shit coming from a piggery or a pig farm or something. You're not going to climb into that intentionally because you want to swim in it. So why do we climb into shit career creeks and keep trying to swim against the tide to get to the side or to get to a waterfall that we can fall down or to get to a pool that we might be happy swimming in. We consistently do it because the world has built organisations and careers and goals and motivations around people doing what they believe they're supposed to do because they've been trained to do that all their lives. So we swim a lot of the time against the current, trying really, really hard to stay afloat until there comes a point when we recognise that we're too tired to keep doing it and that we're never going to actually reach the end or the other side, that maybe we need to take a deep breath, trust, turn around and lie on our backs and flow with the tide instead. So this is what I've been thinking about over the last few weeks. And as I felt the block with the podcast, I went out to my osteopath this evening and I was thinking, what am I going to do the episode on? You know, I've got the myth and I, and I know I want to talk about Irish stories and myths and help people learn how to tell stories because communication is what I do, particularly communication confidence and helping people perceive their lives and themselves differently so they sit more courageously and confidently in everything that they do. And I thought, well, shit, if I'm not talking from my own centre of self and letting people hear who I am instead of the performing to, a, to an extent on my podcast, then I'm not really fully being, and I'm going to use the buzzword, authentic. <laughs> I've got, uh, I was talking about the word authentic with a client last week and I can't remember the word that she used to describe it but it was really good the way she said it and basically that it's yeah it's it's a buzz word right now and people hide behind authenticity and behave badly I talked about this a couple of weeks ago in the belonging episode so I thought right, I've got this block part of the block has been whether or not I should talk about Ireland 
and where I, I stand on it, because, you know, getting into politics and having pol political conversations can throw you back into that shit creek that you might not want to be in. I am going to talk about it, but I'm going to I'm going to read a poem that I wrote last Saturday, actually, after it all happened. And I watched all these different videos and read these articles. Um, and I need I needed to get something down on paper because I had to get it out of my system. But it made me decide that I was going to just speak this week instead of forcing myself to follow my own rules of doing things right. Now, and, and when I say that my own rules of doing things right, things right, training and learning that I've had since I was a very young child, that things have to be done right. And this is no negative to my parents or anything like that. But what I've realised recently from some work that I was doing with uh, Lee Tony Ware on the, the subconscious codebreaker is that one of the things that I was trained in was making sure that whatever I did as a performance was perfect because I've been trained since I was seven as a performer, as a singer, as a musician and as a speaker. So I was trained in, in speaking poetry, trained in speech and drama. I competed on the stage from the age of seven. So it always had to be right. And because my mum was my teacher, it, we were, we had to be the model. And so it, it meant that, you know, if we were going into exams or we were going to be in plays, we had to be the best because we were the representation of the teacher. And again, there's no taking away from that, right? It's totally understandable that that would be the case or that feeling would be the case. But it's, fucking makes life hard, you know, and you grow up, but then always thinking and believing, believe that word again, but always thinking that you have to do everything perfectly and everything right all the time. And it makes just doing whatever you want bloody hard, because when you do things like what I'm doing right now, you, you get a, a rebound from it. So I'm making this podcast now and I'm going to post it. I'm going to put it out. I'm going to play it. I'm going to let it be shown and put it out there. But I know that I'm going to think, oh, fuck, should I have done that? And part of the reason why is this whole professional and perfection thing and how, what will other people think of me and how will I be judged and what will happen? Will I, will I, will I damage my potential for guests? For instance, I've been waiting to book somebody who's had two million views on their TEDx talk for a couple of months now. It's been coming and going to get the interview booked in. And I, I realised a couple of weeks ago that I was kind of holding myself back on what I might talk about on the podcast and whether or not I would curse. So for any of you who, who are listening to me now, who've been listening to me from the beginning, you might be thinking, who the fuck is this one? You've heard me curse a couple of times and I've littered it with curses this time. Uh, but I'm, I'm really, to, to be honest tonight, I am giving you completely, wholly and utterly me. Just myself, sitting in my room, in my kitchen, in my apartment in Spain. I can see my bathroom mirror in front of me, my hands up behind my head. And I'm sitting talking to you as if I would sit and talk to you at my kitchen table in my house. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm, and, and I'm just going to see how it goes. So. I'm Christine. If you've been following me and listening to me for some time, you'll probably have heard bits and pieces of me like this 
in different ways. I am quite true and real and authentic in many ways in the content that I create. I'm quite fun. But on the podcast, for the most part, I've I've not not been myself. I've totally been myself, but I've prepared it and and spoken it in ways that are intentional for you. Now you're getting no prep. Well, not no preparation. I mean, I'm 40, so it's all been prepared over 40 years, but I've no notes in front of me. I thought about what I was going to talk about when I was going to my osteopath this evening, decided on it as I walked home and I came in and had my dinner and I pressed record. So it's raw, it's real, it's completely me. I'm not sure if there's anything for you to take from it. If there's lessons that I'm sharing for you, I suppose the lesson that I, I, I could think of, if I think back as best I possibly can in what I've shared up to now, is if you're having a fuck it all week, just, just fucking live it and let, and let it be. Um, and, and that it'll pass like everything else does. Now, this may mean that the podcast completely changes, <laughs> but we'll see what happens as we move forwards. I do still want to share some knowledge with you. Uh, there's another part, actually. I was listening to Pink earlier on. I'm a big Pink fan and I'm listening to her All I Know So Far song at the minute, trying to learn it because maybe I'll sing it someday in karaoke or something. But also it's a power song for me. And she talks about you staying unfiltered and loud. You'll be proud of that skin full of scars. And I have a skin full of scars. I have a skin full of scars and I've an internal skin full of scars. My life has not been easy. And yet my life has been incredible. I have had incredible experience. I, experiences. I'm incredibly loved. I give love incredibly again, thank fully because I have refound my heart and I'm proud of my scars so this week I give you me I give you m me my scars my tissues everything on the inside and everything on the outside and now I'm going to read for you the poem that I wrote about my take and thoughts on what's come up and what's been happening in in Ireland over the last few weeks, which has been heartbreaking to see. And any of you who are listening to this, who are in my country, my country, it's not my country, who are in Ireland, in, in the place I am originally from, the part of the land that broke off another part of land many, many years ago when all of the land was locked together and nobody owned it, it was just land. Any of you who were there, who are, who have moved to Ireland, who are feeling afraid. Oh, I'm sorry you're feeling afraid there. And th th there's not much more I can say to that than, other than I'm sorry you're feeling afraid there and know that the sentiment isn't shared by everybody. So here we go. I'm just going to finish it with this. I'm not going to talk about it much after it because I don't want to get myself politically involved. This is, this is where I come from on this issue. Ah, oh, I've just remembered before I go into the poem itself, I think I forgot to mention that part of the realisation after I decided I was going to stay in Spain was recognising what I love to do the most. And that was to 
to help people develop business English, pronunciation and cross-cultural communication confidence and skills. And I flipped everything to that. And as soon as I did that, everything started opening up. So I'm over here now and I'm I'm building a network and I'm working for a, a, a private university or a school through a private university and I'm bringing people through exam English again for a couple of days a week so that I can do my own stuff and business on the other side of it. And that was part of the lesson. So I'm diverting to this just to say that to you. That was part of the lesson. Sometimes when we surrender to the current and we turn around on our backs and let ourselves flow with the tide, everything becomes easier and we stop trying to battle through and drown and suddenly we find ourselves floating again. So allow yourself, if you're struggling, if you're going through a challenge right now, to take a deep breath, turn around, lie down on your back and flow with the current. Now I'm going to go into the poor. Stop throwing stones and placing blame. You're bringing only further shame upon our nation after a day that should never have happened. You're searching for a place to land your stones, aiming them at the thugs who came out in droves, one following the other. In a rumbling clap of thunder, hooded bandits under the cover of balaclavas, like Irish fighters in the days of old. Then we blame the English. Throwing stones and laying blame stokes the fire and fuels the flame of anger and indignance. It does not resolve. An issue much deeper than footlocker sneakers and buses left burning beneath the smouldering smog. The thugs that yesterday hit our streets rolled like a snowball after it meets an avalanche as it falls and gathers speed. Young and old convinced to believe that fire and flame would lead to reprieve of a punishment for crimes they were never guilty of. In a city sold by the IDA, with homes and livelihoods taken away and locals squeezed to barely meagre means, unrest is inevitable, anger unpreventable, ignorant ideologies can prevail. There is no excuse for such reckless abuse of a city and its people's peace of mind. But throwing stones and placing blame makes you a player in this game. You've jumped onto the bandwagon of abuse. Down the hill you roll like that ball of snow, expanding further as you gather speed. Stop, look and breathe. By throwing stones and placing blame, you unburden a government of the shame it's brought upon a nation through neglect. As long as one side blames the other, Government ministers under the cover stay safe, claiming today they feel ashamed. Instead of every day, being embarrassed by the divide they've created and fought hard to hide in a society world-renowned for love and peace. Breathe and release. Uncock your guns. Let the course of hatred no longer run. We cannot find resolve when we divide. History's shown us. So use your stones to lay a path that blocks an avalanche's wrath before it has a chance to meet the land. Can we not together stand and as a collective find a way to use the lessons of today to rebuild a peaceful, loving, caring Ireland? It's five days since I wrote that and I saw today that some fellow who used to work for Trump 
Bannon or something like that is his name, has blamed the Irish government and the European government for the social unrest. And I, when I saw that today, I thought, oh, fuck, maybe I shouldn't be saying these things or maybe I shouldn't be coming out with this. But it kind of spurred me on at the same time because he's not completely wrong. A lot of what he said is wrong. He got a lot of his facts wrong. A lot of his numbers are wrong. Uh, but the reality is true that the government has a lot to be responsible for in terms of the unrest here. I'm not taking away from the behaviour of those gobshites that are encouraging and enticing people to go out on the streets and attack innocent human beings outside the place that I worked. Like five years ago, I would have walked out the door of work that evening right on top of what happened. And I, I shudder to think of that possibility. None of it, none of this is necessary. None of this should be happening in that country. The people who need to be held responsible are not the ones who are being blamed and are blaming each other. It's got nothing to do with the standard people on the streets. It's got to do with how the country's been run. And, and that's what needs to be worked on. And the more society divides, the more unrest, the more focus is placed away from young children being attacked on the street, regardless of who attacked them. The less focus there is on the people who are responsible for the social unrest and the feelings of people living in that country. That's where the focus needs to lie. So I hope that people will be able to come together and recognise that blaming each other and fighting with each other is not the resolution because everybody living in those houses and living in those streets is feeling the same. Fear. Squeezed. Pushed back uncomfortable and everybody is responsible for living in community with each other. The Irish have emigrated for years and been welcomed by countries all over the world in the same way as our economy has been built on immigration. You get rid of all the immigrants out of our country you won't be fucking laughing and smiling for very long because that's what we're built on. Strip out America, strip out all those big tech companies and all those pharma companies and all those other companies brought, who brought their investments and their money into the country and with it a, a very intelligent, educated workforce with multicultural backgrounds and multicultural ideals and language and food and interests and you strip away part of what is now the soul and essence of, of Ireland and Irish society. But don't be looking at that. Be looking up and across, out of that, at places where you can find connection with each other and, and, and bring society and community together and stand up together, strong on those streets and force the fucking government to do something about it. So anyway, I'm going down the road of, of getting into it. I don't want to get into politics. I hate politics for this very reason. I understand that it's a difficult job too, but there's a responsibility if you decide to step into it and I don't think it's been I don't think it's been lived up to in one small bit and this is the proof and evidence that we have and you know it's it's not unlike Ireland for this kind of thing to happen either like when I was a child you always knew and it is a terrible thing to be able to say right but you always knew why there was a new bus stop or 
or some sort of a new, like the potholes had been filled or there were new guardrails or something like that. You read, you knew the reason why that had happened. Because somebody had died. Ireland is such a reactive society. We have to have catalytic, cataclytic, cataclystic, cataclystic. <laughs> I can't think of the word. Uh, we have to have something that acts as a catalyst. Catalytic, it must be. Um, is it catalytic? Can I say catalytic? Now I'm wondering about myself. Hang on. I'm going to have to look at this. Catalytic. Catalytic. Yeah. Catalytic. Oh gosh, you're, you're hearing my thinking process here. Right, I'm going to come back out of this. See, even people who love words have to find words sometimes. Um, th there has to be a catalyst in Ireland all the time for anything to be done. Th th when are we going to get to a point where there's no more catalysts that we actually fucking act in advance? Anyway, again, I'm getting all wild, uh, wired up about this or riled up about this, so I'm not going to get riled up about it. What I am going to just close and finish with is that Ireland is famous for its heart and its love and its connection and its welcoming of people all over the world. Let us not lose that love and that heart and that welcoming connection with people all over the world. Let us take a breath, calm those minds down. Those young people who are out on those streets, their brains aren't fully developed yet. Their prefrontal cortexes aren't fully developed until they're 25. They're being driven by people whose, whose cortexes are developed, but they're being led by their emotions. And they can't see analytically or wisely or sensibly the potential future outcome of them behaving like this. They don't know what they might be doing to the rest of their lives. That's what I mean by the snowball and the avalanche. So take a deep breath, everybody. Find the love for each other again. Find a way to connect with each other. Say hello to each other in the street. Smile. Help someone lift their bag. Instead of turning your shoulder away in fear that a stranger is going to attack you because it's highly unlikely that they are. Um, most of the time. And let Ireland find that love again. Connect with each other. Let's not have any more of this civil unrest. If you're going to lay blame. March up to the doll. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Starting off a, a protest in the country up on the doll. Look, just don't be laying blame. Find a way for us all to connect and love each other. Because at the end of the day, love is one of the most powerful catalysts that we have. And we are all capable of it. Until next time. If you've taking anything from this. If you want to tell me I'm absolutely mad, if you want to bollock me, if you want to compliment me, whatever you might want to do, I'd love to hear from you. This is a big, brave, bold move for me as I come to the end of 2023 and two years out of that relationship where I'm recreating my life, I hope, for the last time. G and K Dorella. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Banakti. Bugas Boykas.